What's up, everyone? Welcome to the E2B2 podcast. I am your host, Evan J. Thomas, and with me always is... Brandon Thomas. And what's up, everybody? We have uh, a review of Candyman 2021 coming your way mm-hmm. in segment two. Uh, Brandon and I actually have a lot going on lately with us, so yep. we're going to talk about basically what we've been up to and the coolest thing that's happened to us in the past week or so. Yep. So, Brandon, kick it off with some news. So, what's the... Always uh, speeding cars outside. <laughs> Compensating for something. Yeah. Huh? yeah, so this past uh, few weeks... I will close the door. Yeah. You, you keep for the talking. past few weeks, I've been... Uh, I joined cross-country. I Not track. I always say track, but cross-country. So... That was probably the coolest thing because now I'm finally in the sport for high school, uh, which for I haven't really joined the sport, mainly extracurricular things for school. I usually join clubs instead of sports, but now I'm in the sport. So So here is one thing that you should know now about you. You have been in more sports in high school than I was on the high school team. I never made any high school team sports. Did Even you, though I played all, sports. Did you make any middle school ones? Oh, yeah. Eh. But I made, um, I was on a bunch of different, like, rec leagues and local team leagues and stuff like that. Just never high school. So nice job on that. So yeah. how did this all come about? And what have you been doing with the practices? It's just that I was thinking I could probably do something new. And I was like, if I'm good at running, long distance running, I would be like, why not cross country? Uh, put it up a notch. So then I joined cross country and... Usually we do, like, warm-ups, and we do, like, you know, runs. Sometimes it's different, like, paths, intensities. Like, sometimes we run up a hill and down, up and down. Yeah. And then sometimes it's short, long, and then we do cool-downs and all that. So. And you were already doing that before you even joined the cross-country. A little bit, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So, Brandon and I, in the past couple days, we, uh, let's see... Saw the movie Candyman last night. We watched the original one. We actually just got done finishing it after we fell asleep halfway through uh, last night because we were watching it late. Yesterday, we went to one of our favorite wing places, River Street Tavern with Heather, Joshua, and Devin. That was awesome, having a bunch of food. And then I took a nice uh, hour and a half nap. Two hour. Almost two hours. Almost two hours. While watching uh, college football. So that was a lot of fun. So Brandon... Makes sense. It's a big bore. Big bore. No, it was actually... There were good games. It's just I Uh, fell asleep. I was tired, man. uh, So what what was the coolest thing that has happened to you in the past week or so? Is it your cross-country? Yeah, yeah, probably just joined cross-country, and that was about it. Well, there you go. Well, there's Brandon's. And then for me, holy shit, I have been busy as heck. Uh... Let's see, I photographed Corn and Stained a week ago Friday. Um, interviewed a couple bands at From Ashes to New, All Good Things, at the POD show this past uh, Saturday night, a week ago Saturday. And then Friday night, I got to photograph Trombone Shorty and Greta Van Fleet. So that was awesome. So I've seen a pretty couple pretty fucking cool song, or shows. And then tonight, I'm going to AEW Wrestling over at the now arena in uh, I think it's Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Mm. Then this week, holy shit, I got a couple other shows going on. We have Labor Day tomorrow, even though I'm going to be working tomorrow night, doing a concert with the band Fozzie and hopefully doing an interview with Chris Jericho, which would be really fucking cool. Yeah. So, holy cow. So that's been uh, our week or whatever, Mm. and uh, you look tired, bro. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) Sure, don't fall asleep on me. 
So we will uh, take a quick little break. I mean, I mean, I mean, we did have a lot going on, but yeah. nothing too crazy. Not like insane, like going through like five different shows and Foo Fighters and all that. Well, I went to uh, four different. Three I'm talking different about shows. today and yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. But we were we were busy. Yeah. And today afterwards, we'll probably finish this and maybe go to the uh, farmers market, go get some fruit. Wander around, and then I gotta take the boy home. Yep. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back, and holy shit, do we have a uh, review for you for Candyman 2021? Yep. So it'll be really cool. So stick right here on the E2B2 podcast. See ya. I am award-winning published photographer and journalist Evan J. Thomas, and I'll be bringing you badass artists from the genres of music, art, sports, radio, as well as TV and movies. On the Badass Podcast, you will hear raw, bold, blunt, and honest conversation-style interviews where no topic is off-limits. Check out the show at BadassProductions1.com and go to the On Demand tab and pull up the Badass Podcast where you can watch or listen to your favorite show. Get ready, because I am Evan J. Thomas, and this is Badass. Get ready to headbang like your life depends on it. Slow the down. Because you never know, it just might. Is that supposed to be? Listen to the world's hardest rock metal worldwide. God right. That's all you had to say. Let out all your anger and rage before it consumes you. Gorge Earth, mother... Rock hard with Evan J. Thomas. Thursdays at 6 Central, 7 Eastern. All right, now get your... Out the car. Hosted on Rock 98.9. Welcome back to the E2B2 podcast. My name is Brandon Thomas. With me is always... Dad. Evan J. Thomas. Yep. And um, one thing we forgot to mention in the uh, first segment... Is uh, Brandon, since he's been in school, yep. he talks to people, people on a daily basis. Yep. And uh, he has his eye on a nice young lady. Female. Female. Well, I'd figure if she was a lady. Female. <laughs> if she was a lady. So um, one thing you mentioned to me and uh, you've been trying to get advice on mm-hmm. is... Female. No, how to <laughs> ask her to homecoming. Yeah. So, who is this young lady? I'll just call her A. Okay. That's her, um, her first name doesn't start with A. Um, actually it does. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I'm just trying to, uh, shift the conversation. Is it abracadabra? Is it magic? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. So, she, I talk to her a little bit, and usually every day. Every mm-hmm. day, um, not usually, every day, and yeah. So, uh, you're looking to possibly, uh... Entertain this lovely young lady at the um, homecoming dance if you were to ask her. Perhaps, yeah. And um, how are you? When are you planning on asking this young woman? Obviously, you can't do it tomorrow because it's a holiday. <laughs> so you know. So it's gotta be this week or next week. No, it's gonna be this week, bud. What do you mean this week? I, you're not gonna force me to. No, I'm not gonna force you to do anything. But the longer you wait, the more somebody else could ask her. The more painful it gets to actually. <laughs> be told ask. no no the more painful it is to ask no if you wait longer the worse it's gonna be I mean yeah true. I'll tell you that <laughs> trust me on that and anybody listening just get it over with pull the bandaid off and go hmm. and then that victim can go on to the next one or whatever you, <laughs> you call them so yeah that should be interesting yeah. Brandon I wish you luck and I hope Hopefully. you take my advice on uh, how to proceed with it yep don't ask her if she has a date. Just go with it and be like, "Would you like to be me to escort you to the dance, my lady?" 
Nah, I mean, no, I'd, don't do it that way. I'd be like a, I'd be reported <laughs> as like a predator. Okay, like definitely, definitely don't want to do that. All right, so let's get into our um, review. What? It's spoiler alert. Oh, we're gonna. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we should just do a spoiler alert now. Yeah. So, we're gonna take a, a little, a few second thing here. If you want to listen from here on out, this is up to you. So here is our spoiler alert for Candyman. Twenty twenty one. Okay, we are back. The spoiler alert is on you now, so anything up to here that you want to listen to on this movie is up to you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go with uh, basically not the plot yet. We'll just describe, um, what is it called? Just the uh, about Candyman. Mm-hmm. So Candyman is a 2021 supernatural slasher film directed by Nia DaCosta and written by the man, Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfeld, and also DaCosta. The film was direct sequel to the 1992 film of the same name and is the fourth film in the Candyman film series. The other two are not watchable. Yeah, I heard that. I heard. Based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker, the film stars Yahya Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, and Coleman Domingo, along with Vanessa Williams, Tony Todd, and Virginia Madsen, who reprise their roles from the original film. So here's a little tidbit. Brandon and I, like we said, we watched the first one after we watched the original or the most recent one. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got a little, uh, little warm up to what the uh, new one is. Even though the only time I've ever seen this movie was when it came out in theaters 29 years ago. Yeah. And it hasn't held up. I'll tell you <laughs> that. So plans for another Candyman film sequel began in early 2000s with original director Bernard Rose wanting to make a prequel about Candyman and Helen's love. However, the studio turned it down and the project entered development hell. By 2018, Peel signed on as producer of the new film with it using his company Monkey Paw. <laughs> yeah, productions. And later, in November of that same year, it was com- confirmed that Peel would also produce a film with Universal Pictures and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and partnered with Rosenfeld to co-produce the film while DaCosta signed on as director. Principal photography for the film began in August 2019 and wrapped in September 2019, all filmed in Chicago, Illinois. Candyman was theatrically released in the United States on August 27, 2021 by Universal Pictures. Its release was dated three times oh, from the original June 2020 date due to concerns regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Holy shit. No way. Really? Oh, wow, wow. COVID. Wow. So the film received generally positive reviews for critics... Per- Praised uh, DaCosta's direction and the blend of social commentary with horror, and has so far grossed fifty million dollars worldwide against a twenty-five million dollar budget. That would be a win. Yep. And that's only a week in too. I mean, so one thing we do have to say about the uh, movie experience that we had last night, oh. Brandon. Would you like to uh, get into our theater experience? The audience was highly disrespectful. There was a group to the front and left of Dad where there was a female on her phone constantly checking it. Laughing. And laughing. Like out loud this, and like there, talking. There was this out one loud. that kept screaming just randomly because funny, funny. Tourette's? Tourette's? No, not that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but she, she screamed whenever a um, 
decently scary scene come out, came up, but it was like a high-pitched, like, female scene. Like that? Yeah, like a screecher okay, monkey. Okay, like a screecher <laughs> monkey. And then to the left of me was uh, Mr. Guy uh, playing with his uh, bag of, bag of whatever it was, trying to get the bu- thing in the bottom for about was, 30 minutes. It, the one thing that cracks us up is this person that shakes the popcorn. Oh, my God. And we <laughs> what, the one time we just... That girl, the girl with the yeah. phone. <sighs> like... Haha, funny. So we both look at each other when that happened, and we were just like, there it is, it happened. And then there was a person, a group of people to the behind right of me. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. in the other aisle, it was, um, they were just being talkative. The whole movie. The whole movie. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of hampered our experience a little bit. I wish more of these movies would be on um, streaming so we could just sit at home and not deal with people. We just have to deal with uh, motorcycles flying by yeah. at really high speeds. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the movie uh, going experience. If you go to the movies, people, just be fucking aware that you're actually out and there's other people there yeah. wanting to enjoy the movie. So stop with the bullshit. Yeah. All right. Stop well, checking your phones every five minutes because you're... Um Starbucks coupon expired from two <laughs> days ago. Stop checking your Facebook po- yeah. and Twitter and, and then Snapchat. Stop shaking your popcorn. Nothing changes. There you go. Because you're an idiot. I don't know. Something. Tip. And there is your tip for today from yeah. Brandon J. Thomas. All right. Yeah. So we're getting into the plot of uh, Candyman. All right. So this is a long one. I'm going to go as quick as I can. 27 years after the events of the first film, visual artist Anthony McCoy lives in Chicago with his girlfriend, art direct, art gallery director, Brianna Cartwright. Brianna's brother, Tony, or I'm sorry, Troy, shares the urban legend of Helen Lyle, a graduate student who went on a killing spree in the early 1990s. Her rampage culminated in a bonfire outside a Cabrini-Green housing project when she attempted to sacrifice a baby. The residents were able to rescue the child before Helen perished in the fire in an apparent self of self-immolation. Mm, that was proven wrong. That was proven wrong after watching the first one. Yeah. So desperate for a creative spark to turn his career around, Anthony roams around Cabrini Green for inspiration. He eventually meets William Burke, a laundromat owner who introduces him to the story of the Candyman. When Burke was a child, he had a frightened encounter with Sherman Fields, a hook-handed man whom the police believed was responsible for putting razor blades in a piece of candy that ended up in the hands of a white girl. So that razor blade and a piece of candy um, urban legend is an urban legend, I think, in every neighborhood. Yeah. So it's just there. So Burke inadvertently alerted the police to Sherman's presence inside the walls of one of the tower blocks, leading them to beat Sherman to death. That was another cop on black kind of yeah. situation that they you know put there. When children continued to receive candy with razor blades inside, Sherman was exonerated, and the legend implies that if somebody says Candyman five times into a mirror, Sherman's spirit will appear and kill the summoner. You should try that. No, you you're funny. You're no? Sh- no. It's not something you want to do? Okay. What do you mean? So inspired... Anthony develops an art exhibit based on Candyman's legend and showcases it at Brianna's art gallery. However, he is dismayed when it does not get a positive reaction. That night, one of Brianna's co-workers and his girlfriend were slaughtered by the Candyman after he was saying his name five times in front of a piece of Anthony's exhibit consisting of a mirror. Brianna discovers her bodies the next morning. So the legend spreads and more people are killed after repeating the Candyman's name, including an art critic and a group of teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Very interesting scenes. Yeah. 
Anthony feet. begins to undergo a physical transformation stemming from a bee sting he received on his hand in Cabrini Green, which develops into a huge scab that then starts to spread across his entire body. Anthony goes to a hospital where he learns that his mother, Anne-Marie, lied about where he was born, and when he confronts her, she reluctantly reveals that he was the baby that Helen rescued from the fire the night she died. Though Helen saved him from the first Candyman, Daniel Robitaille, who abducted him and planned to sacrifice him in the fire, Anne-Marie never told him about it because she wanted Anthony to have a normal life, in quotes. Mm. Well, I'm saying that in quotes. The community had vowed never to repeat the Candyman's legend after that night, and she fears what will happen now that someone has broken the pact. Anthony leaves, resigned to his fate, and wanders through the Cabrini Green row houses. So anybody that has been to Cabrini Green when it was uh, around back in the early 90s knows how bad of an area it was. Brandon obviously would never know because he never saw it except for the movies. But I, I told him about how I would used to kind of drive through there going to a nightclub mm-hmm. when I was a young tyke. Mm-hmm. I mean, not old enough to actually have a real ID, but I had my fake ID. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was the, the Club Kaboom. Wow. Interesting. Fun. Some fun little stories fun. I can tell you there. So, worried <laughs> about Anthony, Brianna realizes that Burke first told him about the Candyman and goes to Cabrini Green to find them. At the laundromat, she is attacked by Burke, who takes her to an abandoned church where Anthony, his body continued to, continuing to deteriorate, is waiting. Anthony enters into a fuge. Is it a fuge? Fugue. Fugue state and tries to save her as Burke. All right, so we had a little uh, little uh, issue there with the yeah. microphones. We're going to get back to uh, where that was. So Anthony enters into a fugue state and tries to save her as he reveals he not only witnessed Sherman's death, he also saw Sherman's spirit returning as the Candyman witnessed him kill his older sister and a friend who summoned him. Burke plans to have a police gun plans to have the police gun down Anthony to create a new legend with the Candyman as an instrument of vengeance rather than a symbol of black pain and suffering. To complete Anthony's transformation into the Candyman, Burke saws off his right hand and replaces it with a hook. Ooh, that was an interesting scene. Brianna manages to escape the church and is chased through Cabrini Green by Burke, who she viciously stabs to death. Anthony Anthony appears and collapses into her arms as the police, lured to the scene by Burke, shows up and shoots Anthony dead. Brianna is arrested and handcuffed, and as the officer attempts to intimidate her into agreeing that Anthony provoked the police into shooting him, Brianna uses a police car's rearview mirror to summon the Candyman. He appears, now in Anthony's guise, and massacres the police. As more police arrive at the scene, Anthony takes on the appearance of Robitaille and instructs Brianna to tell everyone. Mm. So that is the plot of the movie. So Brandon, are you ready to go? Yes? Yes. No? All right. So we are going to start with our review, and Brandon is first. So, Candyman, I thought the story and plot was actually pretty well made. There was a good, like, progression of the characters of how, like, the situation continues of, the like, how the Candyman, like, just continue like, continues to be more prominent as a figure and some of it inspiration to Anthony just throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the... Overall, just how it was like set up, how like things tied into the last movie, uh, the first movie, um, so, not not the third movie. So, aren't you glad that we actually saw the first one, so you kind of get a little yeah 
you know, idea of what the first one was about. Yeah, there was a good few tiebacks to like the first film and just stuff like that. I thought the story and plot overall was actually pretty good and well made. Uh, lots of like themes, a lot of themes uh, like vengeance and like black suffering and all that. Like I said in the plot, mm-hmm. uh, for acting and characters, I thought the acting was actually very good for at least the main characters and the like kind of side characters. They were. Uh, decently done the characters themselves were had like they weren't like push over not put push overs probably wouldn't be the right word uh they weren't like empty hollow like cookie cutter characters you actually you could like understand each little character and just how they thought the special effects so the way they did the death scenes was basically most of the time basically you can't see the Candyman killing the people mm-hmm. but there was a few scenes that you could see through the mirror and of someone dying which kind of ties into the cinematography and i thought the cinematography was really good because there was a lot of like like mirror shots and there was a lot of like shots just general like well-crafted shots like how do you not get a camera to show up in the mirror in the movie well, i think i was the one that brought that up yeah huh? um I thought the cinematography was just overall very good. The special effects with, like, the gore or the killings, the just general special effects of even just the Candyman himself. He was pretty well made. Um, And for the music, I thought the music was really good because you got, like, the main, like, few themes that you could hear uh, playing throughout the movie. And it kind of, like, it wasn't very dominating, but it wasn't very, like... Like, you can't really just ignore it and just, like, not realize it's there. It kind of, like, played into the kind of the movie a little bit. So I thought the soundtrack for the entire movie was actually really good. Let me ask you a question on the music. So, and I'll get into my favorite part. But when they showed the little, um, uh, where they portrayed the old version in paper, uh, like, uh, silhouettes... Cinematography. Cinematography. But they had a little, like, dancing... Yeah. Uh, puppets. Pa- puppets. When they used that music, that was the original music from the first one. Yeah. That now that we heard. I mean, it was kind of, like, remade a little bit. But I, yes, but I loved how they did that. Yeah, I really like... I really like the little, like, puppet things uh, throughout the entire film. Um, it was just... It kind of... Like, especially for the end credits, it kind like, it kind of explains the whole story of... The movie and then like previous Candyman's just throughout the whole. It was a book for dummies at the end in uh, paper dolls. Paper, paper dolls. Okay. So, and the overall rating for this movie, I will give it a four point five out of five. Impressive. Now I can't say a lot of movies don't make it to a five out of five because. Every movie at least has one flaw, and I felt like here, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I actually don't know, but I just, I feel like 4.5 out of 5 would be at least very fitting because it's not like, I don't know, something. All right. But okay. yeah, so that is my rating for Candyman uh, 2021. I love it. Uh, I absolutely love what everything that you had to say. So as for me, I'm going to go start with uh, Story and the Plot, which... I love how they kind of intermix the old story with the new and uh, the fact that Anthony McCoy was the baby from the original movie, which I 
did not remember until we saw the original movie. Yeah. And it kind of was revealed later in that thing. Um, the actors and characters, I thought Anthony, the guy who played Anthony McCoy, Mr. Yahya Abdul-Mateen. I even thought that uh, Brianna Cartwright, played by Tiana Paris, was great characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the fact that they were like themselves in their... Okay, not themselves, but what I'm saying is they were like felt like real characters. They yeah. swore at times, you know. They had that fuck this shit, you know, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just pretty cool that they kind of intermixed that. But I'm going to say this from Jordan Peele being the producer, he wasn't the director, but he was the producer and the writer for this. He is amazing. Yeah. And I even mentioned to Brandon, if he's if you've never seen the movie Get Out, that is a movie you I need to see. I have to see that movie very soon. There is another movie I think he did called Us. Yeah, I heard, also heard that. That is movie. supposed to be amazing as well. So Jordan Peele is like the new uh, king of horror to me coming up. And with these amazing plots and storylines and everything like that, he's just really good. So the acting and character is fantastic. The fact that they brought back Vanessa Williams as the mom mm-hmm. from the original movie. They had uh, Tony Todd, who was the original Candyman, mm-hmm. um, was in that at the very, very end when very he was end. standing at the uh, gate there. Uh, Virginia Madsen, I don't remember where they actually showed her, but they kind of brought in old like footage of her, yeah. if I can recall. Special effects cinematography, the uh, like Brandon said about the, the killings, were pretty cool, especially the ones with the, uh, f- with the eye being directed into like a... Um, like a mirror. Yeah. Because there was the one little matchbook mirror that was on the floor and you saw the girl being dragged and it was a really cool freaking shot. Also, forgot to mention, not not all the kills, like most of the kills were not like directly on screen. They were kind of like obscured and that... You'd see a lot of blood like falling down. I don't think that really took away from the actual... No, because, I mean, it's not like the Halloween movies where it's like slash your neck off and stuff like like that. Like if you got like... Obscure deaths and like yeah, the Halloween movie would be like oh wow, but for here it kind of makes sense. But a lot of them were you know he would show up behind and stab him in the back and yeah. gut him and stuff. I mean like there that, were scenes you could actually see the death. Yeah, but otherwise the other stuff was pretty cool how they did mm-hmm. that cinematography. I loved the angles that they did, the wide shots of uh, Anthony at uh, Cabrini Green standing in the row of houses was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, the different angles that they used the. Uh, abstract shots which I would call that where um, the camera would kind of be placed behind I don't know if you notice this like something on the table mm-hmm. and shooting them walking in the door that's just something that like filmmakers are using more of and I absolutely love the good ones that do that uh, the music fantastic um, The it was perfectly placed in terms of yeah. not the Overabundance of like you know boom, 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 yeah boom, not crazy but like like I said when Brandon was talking about the music I loved how they used the um, the cutouts to tell the story of the old version of the story yeah and the old music was utilized in that yeah so I thought that was really cool how that happened and how they meshed it all together um, what else can I throw in there in terms of cinematography. Um, yeah, the throwbacks were cool. The killing scenes were cool. The very end was r- really cool on how Anthony was, you know, basically turned into a, um, what was that, a honeycomb. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it was weird. It was, he was like kind of like a honeycomb. He had like little like honeycomb holes, holes in his body, and he just kind of he turned the eye turned white and everything like yeah. that. So he didn't get get himself taken care of sad. at the hospital, which was definitely sad. And um, the uh, cultural, overall cultural, what would you say um, relevance yeah. of this, like being shot by the cop and. Stuff like that, being in the poor neighborhood, the gentrification of how Cabrini Green was knocked down because the white people turned it into what it is, and then knocked it down, and then kind of pulled everybody out, and then built up the high rises and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was really cool how all that happened. Um, My my overall uh, number, and I had this number after the movie was over, and there was a four point five. So Brandon gave it a 4.5. And I hate that when he says that, and I already know my number, sometimes I waver away from it, but this is solid 4.5. Again, I've been asked, what makes a movie a 5? I can't, don't know. Sometimes you just know that it is a perfect movie. And this is so close, I don't know what would be missing. I think it might be... I mean, it was only it was only an hour and a half long, so they didn't overextend it. They yeah. didn't make it too short. cheesy, yeah, or too short, or too short, or too long, which a lot of movies have issues yeah. with. Or it, re- it didn't have pacing issues either. No, no, it moved really quick yeah. compared to the first movie. <laughs> the first movie it dragged. Oh, re- holy shit! The I first mean, and that might have but just been us because I've been falling asleep at the beginning, but I, I remember it dragging and it just it dragged because they were trying to tell the story. Yeah. Also, because the way the '90s movie filmed weren't that cutting edge. Yeah. It was. I even said halfway through, I'm like, Brandon, you and I probably could have filmed this the same way. I mean, and then like the, not saying that's a bad yeah, thing. And then but. the year after the original Candy Man comes out, Jurassic Park comes out. So it's kind of like funny how you see the progression of movie and technology. Yeah, so. no doubt. Yeah. So it's just pretty cool how they have that. So four point five from me. Yeah. Four point five from you, Brandon. What would you give the original movie a rating of? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give it too low of a rating because I actually kind of enjoyed it and the themes, but I don't want to give it too high. I liked of a the ending yeah. of the movie. I liked how her her acting was to me bad. It was a little bad. Um the uh, husband uh Troy? Troy. I was think it was Troy. Was it Troy? It was, no. Yeah, I think it was Troy. Well, that's weird because the brother in here was Troy also. I don't know. Let's just go with Troy. Okay, let's go with Troy. So the the husband bad actor. It was not good. He's been in many things, but it was just not good. The uh, friend who was, uh, the, I don't remember the friends in Brianna or something like that. Someone. That was bad. That was bad. Um, Tony Todd was, to me, the only one, but his character was just a badass as a candy man. Yeah. So if I were to give an overall rating of the first one, probably a two and a half. I'd probably give it three. Two and a half or three would be... For me, I'd give it 3.5. No, not not three point five. Three out of five. Okay, because I when we were talking about originally going to see this, I'm like, oh, that original movie was pretty good. You know, scary this and that. We watched it. It was like, oh. I mean, when you it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's not like amazing. But you can understand, like I said, you can understand the appeal at the time. But thank you, Jordan Peele, for making this movie a must watch. because apparently the f- second and third film was just bad. I don't even want to know if I, I don't think I ever saw the second and third films. Yeah, I heard they were bad though. So if they're that bad, I don't want to <laughs> see them, especially if it's a play off the first one. Whew, that would just be uh, really bad, yeah. especially the acting wise. Because <laughs> a lot of times, especially in the 90s, they just get worse 
with the with sequels, plots and yeah. stuff like that. They it's, they just rehash the same old crap. Yeah. Oh wait, they do that with most sequels anyway. Oh wow, that's, so, that's funny how history. Goes so yeah, so I would have given the original a two and a half. Brandon would have given it a three. We give the new ones both four point five. So obviously we both say this is a movie. You should watch. You should definitely watch, especially if you're in the horror. I wouldn't really say it's a horror film. It's more suspense, thriller. Yeah. yeah. And I hate that it's in the horror genre, but I get it. To me, the horror genre is like Halloween and uh, slasher films. Yeah. The suspenseful stuff, that would be... Um, some of the, Quiet yeah, Place. Quiet Place, yep, for sure. Um, some of the ones we saw like a year ago, uh, Antebellum. Yeah. That was a good one. We saw... Um, Old... Oldest of good yeah, that's a very good. Well, obviously, that was very good suspense. Not one. horror because I think the rental. The rental was a very good suspense. That was a very good suspenseful one. Didn't we see? Oh, the Invisible Man was a very good suspenseful one. Yeah. And that was that was actually more. Of, I don't know. That wouldn't be really much of a horror flick. I would say either. Like that's a, more of a suspense a slasher suspense movie. Yeah, it was just really freaking cool. So there you go. There's our review of uh, Candyman. And in the upcoming episodes that we have, we saw some trailers for some movies we definitely want to see. Halloween is on Chill. tapped for seeing that one. That's going to be sometime in October. Um, what are some of the other ones that were coming up? We saw Marvel, Marvel, oh, Marvel, Jesus. Marvel, Enough Marvel, 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 Marvel. Well, Venom 2, which Venom I never Chew, saw. Venom 2 looks decent. It looks good. I would it's look, not a Marvel movie, but it's an association with, so... So it isn't a Marvel movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what were some of the other ones that we saw? There was like a Malignance, which just, to me, looked bad. What was that one? <clears throat> that was a scary woman where the woman was started, where she was on the floor and everything was melting around her oh, when yeah. it started. And it just looks too cheesy to me. And she was laying in the bed, and the guy comes up over her shoulder, and she's Whoa. like... <laughs> Like it freezes up, yeah. So to me, that would just be like, eh, I don't really want to see that. Um, what was the uh, James Bond one? But well, we saw that the last preview. Yeah. Obviously, we said Jackass. At least I did. That was the last um, one. Kingsman, which would be one, one we're coming up to. And if you guys have any recommendations as well, we'd love to hear what you want us to talk about and see because uh, yeah. we do do this every other week so about two a month sometimes we try to do more if we can get the sometimes. extra Tuesday if Brandon now can get out of uh, cross country and I go pick him up and go. Wow. so we can do like a six o'clock movie or something yeah. if we do that alright any other uh, words for the movie Brandon very good movie watch it <laughs> that was basic <laughs> and uh, what do you have coming up this week uh, besides uh, cross country practice oh. cross country and you um, will be asking the out a to uh, a female, a female to uh, homecoming. homecoming. Maybe you're, you're gonna do very, that, right? I will. Ha- you will do it. It's very wear a top hat and say, "Milady." Yeah. No. No, okay. like a fedora. There you go. Fedora, neck beard, like kind of like a polo shirt, kind of. Obese. Okay, don't wear sunglasses and like run up to her. Uh, okay, this is a very '80s thing. <laughs> you don't want to do. Don't do the sunglasses and the leather jacket. Run up to her locker and put the hand on the door and go, What's up, babe? You want to go to the uh, dance with me? That's the very, like, 80s, like, teen drama And movie. then you grab her around the neck and you walk away, you know, as, like, boyfriend-girlfriend. Like, yeah, that's, that's horrible. And then you get some power song going on. You throw the fist up. Put, yeah! <laughs> and then you push some nerd out of the way. He trips and falls, drops his book, and I say, Move it, nerd! <laughs> 
You don't want to do that. That's and mean. Then, and then, like, three three other people that look exactly like me come in with the same sick back hair, black hair, there leather jacket, just walks away in the distance. Well, actually, it wouldn't be leather jacket. It would be a letterman jacket because they're the football players because they're cool. Oh, yeah, football players. All football players are cool. Remember that. Yeah, none of all, them are dorks. And, yeah, and all nerds are lame, and none of them are cool. Never. Never. Especially in movies. Yeah. And then <laughs> the female, the cheerleader. Not not in real life, but in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, Brandon, good luck on asking out a female. For a female. Oh, a. 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 Yeah, A. Her name is A. A. So, good luck on asking her out to uh, the homecoming dance. And for me, I have AEW Wrestling tonight. I have Fozzie's show tomorrow night in Wisconsin. I have possibly Lamb of God and Megadeth Thursday night. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of coming up. Yippers. So... Thank you guys all for listening to the E2B2 podcast. You can check out any of our episodes we've ever done by going to badassproductions1.com on the on-demand section mm-hmm. and going to E2B2. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook and Instagram. Brandon. For me, it's Paleozoic Productions, Instagram, Twitter, not Facebook, YouTube. TikTok? No? No, no, no TikTok. TikTok. Okay. And you can follow me all over the socials. I have a lot going on lately. Evan J. Thomas on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't really use Snapchat ever. I have it. I just don't use it. Um, YouTube, Badass Productions on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube there. So until next time, as always, keep pimp chimping. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>